Hello and welcome into the Sorer Data Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me as Lairdino on Sorer. Joined today, not by Sean Newsham, PSU fans too, but in following tradition of when somebody misses the podcast, I ask them who they want. And we got Harry Trades here because Sean was like, you have to have Harry on. So Harry, welcome to the Strategy Show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I do really appreciate it. And Sean as well for the recommendation. Um, yeah, very much appreciated. Sean is either i think he's in vegas right now which like maybe is better than although knowing sean he'd rather be here to be honest um <laughs> so thank you everyone for joining us uh live for those of you in the chat if you guys wouldn't mind hitting that like button that's always appreciated um we're gonna go through a lot of things today uh some like transfer shenanigans which is always more fun than you know actual transfer news um we're gonna show off the new sort of data uh, watch lists because we made one specifically for this uh, for this stream. Actually, that's reminding me that I uh, I'm going to make it a public watch list now. It's available. The link to the watch list is available in the description of this video uh, on YouTube. At least if you're listening to the audio version, then uh, you can just search uh, U23 expectations and speculations on Sorer Data for the for that watch list. Uh, we currently have 51 players on it. We're not going to go through all 51, I don't think. Uh, <laughs> and maybe we'll add a few guys, uh, depending on whether anyone in the chat thinks we missed someone. So if you guys are watching live and want to follow along, I'll have it up on the screen as well. But uh, if you just wanted to look at it yourself, it's, uh, it's available uh, there to check out. Harry, there was some transfer, I don't even want to call it news yet, for a player that is in your gallery Another player, the same player is in John Nellis's gallery and is kind of popular on this show because of that. Um, what do you think about Millwall? I think the initial reactions to what I was seeing on Twitter was a little bit of an overreaction in the negative way, if I'm completely honest. Um, knowing, uh, you know, and following the news recently of, you know, he looks like he's going to move. You know, he's at 14. Sorry, the, the, he is Zion Fleming, for those of you yeah. who haven't, uh, <laughs> haven't caught up yet. Yeah, was... <laughs> Quinny said cheering. Um, yeah, so, yeah, Zion Fleming um, had a really good season last year in the Eredivisie, albeit for a poor team. Um, mm -hmm. I think they just, they literally just escaped, uh, escaped relegation. Um, Zion was basically at fault for that in a in a good way. I think he got a clearance off the line and a goal in the in the last game of the season. So, um, yeah, there was always going to be interest, 23 years old. And, yeah, there, there's always been championship rumours. Um, there's been a few, like, word of Bremen rumours, which didn't look great no. to the eye. <laughs> no. Um, and, yeah, today this seems like the, the news broke. The, yeah, Millwall looked to have bidded, what was it, 2.5 mil? Um, something something, something like along that, yeah. the lines of... That amount for him. Um, I'm not sure how official it is yet. Um, I know Millwall haven't tweeted it, so we'll wait for that. Um, but yeah, to be completely honest, like I'm not like disappointed. Would have I preferred him to stay in, stay at Fortuna? Yes, but that's only because you kind of know what environment he was in before. You knew how he played, and you were kind of okay with. He was putting up scores. He he shouldn't have been putting up scores the way he was for that type of team. Yeah. It's just as simple as that, right? He was outperforming his team's performance every game. You know, he was main, mainly the guy every game for them. Um, and I think sometimes you could probably say, well, that, that luck runs out eventually. Maybe the second season 
that that, that, that might not have happened. Um, but on paper, yeah, the safest thing for him to have done would have been to stay or maybe move within that league. It looks like, like we've said, that he might be, you know, look like you're going to Millwall. I really don't think it's the end of the world. Like, utility-wise, you're looking at 46 games, midweeks, weekend. You know, Millwall aren't shocking in any way. I think they finished ninth last season, so just missed out on playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, I, my club Cardiff in the Championship, so I'm, I'm quite familiar with the Championship. I'm, I'm no expert. Um, it's not the prettiest league in the world, but someone like Zion, like the way he is, the way he's built his stature, his physicality. Like, I see him doing okay there. And I don't know what doing okay really means, but I don't see him struggling. Like, I just don't see why Millwall would spend 2.5 million on a 23-year-old where it'd be, like, that much risk involved. Like, I feel like they know he's pretty suited to that league. Otherwise, they wouldn't buy him. You know, it's just... You you have to just read between the lines sometimes and, and go off what is fact. And the fact is, Millwall want to buy this kid for a reason. Um, and I th- I think he would do good slash okay there. I don't think he's going to be exceptional, but I think he's going to do maybe not the numbers he's done at Fortuna, but I think somewhere around that region, you could expect something along the lines of that. And what Wes has just said there, I actually look at, looked at that news today. Jed Wallace has just left um, and he was like their main set piece taker. He had like mm-hmm. 12 assists or something last season. Um, he's just signed a four-year deal with West Brom. So, you know, there's room, there's room for goals and assists there for Zion Fleming if he wants them, if he earns them, if that makes sense. So yeah, for me, it's it's a positive move. Um, yeah, what what would you what would your take on on the situation be? So I, I agree with almost all of it. Uh, in fact, I agree with all of it. There, I'm going to add a little bit. I will say that um, Jens Odegaard to Alkmaar is official now, which okay. um, I'll talk about that in a few minutes or at some point. But so Fleming was a player that I considered buying myself like a few weeks ago. I'll put, I'll say weeks, maybe it was two or three months, whatever it was. And it was like, my expectation was that he was leaving. And I was like, he's not, he's not quite, I don't want to say good enough, but he wasn't like popular enough where I was like, he's not going to Milan where he's not going to play. Like he's not going to some... He's not going to Monaco. Like he, he's probably going somewhere else in either uh, the Netherlands or maybe he goes to Belgium or he's, you know, he's staying in challenger. And I was like, that's great. Like, that's what I, that's what I would want because he, he's not the player that I think goes to a champion Europe team and plays like he, like, you're not going to get the same scores. Mm-hmm. Like that was the, that's why I liked him. And so I ended up not getting him for different reasons. But then the Werder Bremen rumor started and it's like, that's exactly what I didn't want. <laughs> so like, so everyone who was like, if you looked at that and you were just like, oh, that's a good move. Like, I don't think that's a good move at all. Because like, even if he was like, everyone's like, well, Bremen's like, you know, they're not that good. So like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, not that good in champion Europe when you're coming up from Fortuna is very different than not that good or average in the championship. Mm -hmm. And so there was like some initial like negative talk about Millwall and they were like, well, you know, they're not a big attacking side. And so he's not going to be that good, but like Fortuna weren't either. And he was fine. (laughs) And so I was looking up kind of what, what they were, what, uh, how Millwall did last year. And I was like, who, who is he basically like replacing? So 
because you can all you can do this on Saturday. Like I, what I, I'm like a slave to set pieces. Like I want to know who's mm-hmm. taking corners and like how they do. And so, if a player, if he's going somewhere and like the set piece taker was a good scorer and like there's an expectation that he could be the set piece taker, I'm like, all right, I'm interested in that. So yeah. I actually basically just did last forty and corner takers, and we've got Wallace here. So I click over. And if you look at the scores, like they're fine, like they're pretty good, mm-hmm. but they're yep. also coming from like, uh, how old is he? 28 year old midfielder. But yep. if you get scores, like if you get these opportunities out of a 23 year old forward, like that's great. Like you're mm-hmm. not, and I'm not saying like they're exactly the same. Like I'm not saying no. that at all, but it's the situations that are there because like Fleming isn't like an out and out striker. Like that's not what he played. No. He basically played this camera. And mm-hmm. so I'm like, all right. And just like playing around and all of a sudden like Wallace's stats, like if you could get these stats out of Fleming lot next year or this, you know, this you is coming to Miller, you would take it in a second. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, I'm in on, on Fleming being good at Millwall. Add mm-hmm. in the fact that they play a thousand games a season. <laughs> Like, how do you not like that move? And so I'm here, like, pumping a player that I don't have, which is really, like, <laughs> the, the worst part of all of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, clearly, I should have gone for Fleming. Um, and the market seems to, like, I guess somebody's interested in this. The rares are now, like, 0.64 is the mm-hmm. last. Was that the last one? Yeah. So, like, people seem to like it. The limiteds are probably, you know, are moving a little faster. Yeah. This is all today. I think um, to give like a a more accurate like comparison, even though they're on different teams, but they're still in the championship. You know that Joel Piroi or Piroi, however you know name? You know, he came from PSV, 22, I think he was at the time, moved to Swansea. um, And he did very well in the championship. I'm not sure how many people, like I personally didn't, I didn't know enough about him, you know, prior to the Swansea move to know how good he would be, but he did perfectly fine as a, you know, a tall, he's like body shaped. They're very similar. Piroi's left footed, but you know, quite tall, quite physical, like very similar players, both like number 10s, cams, creative players. He's, he's shown that it's possible. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Swansea are more ball dominant team. I get that. Like they play good football. You know, I'm not going to say they don't, but ultimately it, I, I'd like to bet that, you know, Zion's graph wouldn't look too dissimilar to this. You know, maybe a bit worse, maybe a little bit better. Who knows? But I, I don't think we would see like a, a crazy difference personally. I, I really don't think we would. Yeah, I I just feel like the the added utility based off of the fact that they play so many more games just makes up for it. Like, yeah, I think Puro is more uh, decisive dependent because he's not taking set pieces, but like, mm-hmm. and there's no guarantee that Fleming takes them, but although it's like, it seems to work. He, he used to take <laughs> them somewhere else and now they need somebody to replace the guy that, that took them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I, I really struggle to see a situation where it's a bad move for Fleming. And it, again, like it's not official yet. So I don't want to like say it's a done deal. Um, I was joking to Nellis actually, cause somebody was like, oh, you better sell him now. And I was like, 
in fairness, like the original tweet where this news came from was from somebody with like 78 followers. And like, not yeah. to say that you can't have accurate news with 78 followers, but I at least prefer to have slightly more when, <laughs> when news <laughs> like that, and I'm going to make decisions <laughs> on it. Um, so, so we wanted to start with Fleming. The reason why Fleming was popular in this show is because uh, Sean and I talked about him in terms of somebody that you like a cheaper alternative to somebody like Raphael Leao, um, who is kind of on the more expensive side. Leao's not on this list. Apologies to John Nellis for not putting him on, but I just had nothing to say <laughs> about him anyway. Um, so I guess that's a good question. Do you think that the that mid-table Eredivisie is comparable to mid-table championship? Um, Although they were much worse than mid-table yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say mid-table to mid-table wouldn't be too far off. They'd be slightly different um, forms of playing football. You know, like the championship is a bit route one, um, to be completely honest. But yeah, I'd say it's pretty transferable, both pretty physical. Um, I'd say there's a little bit more technical over in, in Holland, um, not to discourage. You know, there's some very technical players in the championship, outliers. But yeah, for the most part, the football isn't as pretty as, as it probably would be in, in the Eredivisie. That's fair. I'm willing to, to take that. Uh, so there's a lot of Burnley talk in the chat, um, and which is great because I wanted to touch on Burnley for a little bit because I feel like people are kind of like uh, the ETH versus fiat discussion. I feel like people are taking uh, a side of this argument based on what they want, what they're trying to to be their side. I, I didn't say that eloquently at all, but hear, hear me <laughs> out. So the the Burnley talk mostly centers around uh, Murich. Do we even have Murich on this list? Oh, I do. All right. I think we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let me talk about just goalkeepers for a second here. So we have four on this list. Surely there are more, but mm -hmm. Murich is the one I want to talk about. I actually turned down a trade offer earlier this week of Julian Alvarez rare for a Murich rare. And I don't know how I, I, I don't know how I feel about it still, but anyway, so the talk is like Murich goes to Burnley is the idea. And the argument that I keep hearing is basically like, Oh, uh, Burnley are just like this really strongly defensive side. They don't like to attack all. He's just going to have shots peppered at him. He's going to be Nick Pope. Everything's going to be great. And then on the other side, we talk about all of the Anderlecht guys who could be going to Burnley. And they're like, oh, company's there. It's going to be great. They're going to be up, you know, more um, up-tempo. And, like, you can't have both. I mean, theoretically, you can have both. But, like, the Murich argument sounds like he's going to Sean Dyche's team and all the Anderlecht guys <laughs> going is the is company's team. And so, like, Anderlecht... Goalie goalkeepers were fine. Like, yeah. if Murich starts in the championship, like, I don't think it really matters where he's going. Like, going to Burnley or anywhere else, mm -hmm. it's the same thing. You get 46 games, and, you know, if there are bad shots everywhere, then you get more, more saves. But, like, looking at the prices right now of at least these four guys, and I think these are kind of the, the three top U23 goalkeepers in Donnarumma, Diogo Costa and Martin Vandevoort. And we've got Mirich after this. Mirich's yeah. floor is two and a half ETH right now. 1.31 is the average. It's a seven day average. I think basically 
there's not a lot of volume on Murich because nobody wants to make a decision before we know where he's going. Like the Burnley thing is is hardly official. Yeah. If if he goes to Burnley, do you think he is as good as these other guys or better or is he not in this class? Um the thing with me is the fact that he's 23. So are we looking at is it one more season of eligibility is that what yeah. we're saying? Uh yeah. Okay. I just I think for that season like you just said 46 games for an under 23 goalkeeper is brilliant because that means your goalkeeper effectively is playing against other goalkeepers i.e. Donnarumma and Costa whilst they're playing like Champions Leagues and stuff which is arguably harder games theoretically. You know what I'm saying? If you're playing if you're in, if you if you're a Burnley goalkeeper you're probably going to have an easier night than you are playing in the Champions League m- mm-hmm. most of the time. Um and by looking at this, he's less expensive for, for right reasons. One, for, well, in terms of the Costa situation, I think Costa's got two years of eligibility left. Murich, like we just mentioned, the one. Donna, again, okay, just the one. But, you know, he's been world-class, quote-unquote, since he was 17. It's a, it's a different argument. Um, I Like, I wouldn't be in a rush to buy a Murich, but I do love the 46-game situation. That That's the only thing for me. Like, this... Like that makes him a little bit different to like a Vandervoort. Okay, Vandervoort, three years difference. We get it. That like these are different arguments now. It's like a argument over like a what's happening next year argument kind of right. situation or long yeah. And it's like what do you what do you need? Like what does your gallery need right now? Do you need do you need a player? Uh, do you need a goalkeeper that's eligible for forty six games of a season? Because that means then you, you're going to need four outfield players that are going to play midweek as well, right? Yeah, that is a great point to do. That that isn't easy. Like I'm looking at my gallery now and being like, oh, I've got an Eric Garcia. He might get a game for Barcelona. I might have a fatty. Might be injured. Like it doesn't look great for me in the sense, like midweek wise. You know, I really do need to bolster my uh, my rares and and maybe even super rare options for midweek games. So it's hard enough to get a goalkeeper. Then it's also hard enough to get four outfield players to play with him. They're a fit. They're nailed on. Like it's not an easy thing to do. Like I said, I wouldn't be in a rush to buy him, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's like a shocking. It's a shocking move for him if he if he got that um, for holders. You know, like you want him to be playing, obviously. Um, but like Burnley coming down from the champion uh, from the Prem, I saw somebody said in the chat then um, SN Dizzy. Um, I'm pretty sure you mentioned that like they've lost four of their defenders. I know one of them is James Tarkovsky. Well. Yeah, he's mentioned it there. He was, I think, he's going to move to Everton or something. Probably their bet, one of their best defenders. Yeah. Um, so I, I, mean, I think company. Yeah, I think, I think company needs to rebrand the, the club effectively. Yep. For him to one implement his like Anderlecht philosophies, whatever Man City philosophies, you know, and bring that to the Championship, which won't be easy because the conventional way of playing the Championship isn't like amazing football. Um, you probably have to be in between both. Um, and I, I'm pretty sure company would you know, implement something where, you know, he has the players and he has his, you know, his his core group of of defenders and and just stronger players, you know, for for that type of um environment in the championship. But yeah, I think company needs to rebrand Burnley. I don't think they'll be like you said, they're not going to be the Sean Dyche Burnley. They're they're a different beat. They'll be a different beast. It might not it might not happen in the first year. There might be a transitional phase. Um and and that sometimes can kill teams. Like the sort of gas that you um 
that you lose from like being, they've been in the Prem for a few years now. Like they were an established Premier yeah. League team for a long, you know, good, what, seven, eight years, maybe, maybe more. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but it's been a few years and it's like, and I know they've just got a good, you know, a good name in a manager, but I just, I don't know. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a move where we're going to see Burnley get clean sheets every week, to be completely honest with you. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah, that would probably be my my assessment on it. I don't I don't love the move. It doesn't like excite me too much. And like you said, nothing's official right now. So right now he's he's you know as as good as you know nowhere right now. He doesn't belong to anyone in in the sense of like he's not a number one for anybody right now, which is a dangerous place to be in as, as a goalkeeper. But um, I hope he gets a move, you know, for sure. Yeah, I, I I definitely don't see him in a situation where he ends up as as Ederson's backup. Like I think. Whether Zach Steffen stays or goes, they just signed uh, Ortega from where was he? Byfeld. Yeah, somewhere in somewhere, the somewhere in the Bundesliga, where he was very good, and now he's just going to be a backup. Um, so yeah, I expect Mirage to go. Burnley seems like the spot that everybody thinks he's going, but I think his price is not as high because he doesn't have the job yet. Um, he's just kind of in this weird, uh, kind of weird waiting game. Um, thank you. I forget who the first one was. Somebody mentioned Maduka Koye, who should be on this list. He, um, is fully expected to be the starter at Watford. He's now more expensive than Martin Vandevoort. I'm assuming the expectation, well, not the expectation, the midweek utility that you know of from McCoy is what makes him more valuable than Vandevoort. Um, as somebody myself who has Vandevoort, it feels like he hasn't had a clean sheet in his entire life, but um, obviously we know that's not the case. And then somebody mentioned um, Safanov, and Safanov was kind of an interesting one that um, I was considering uh, yesterday as I was listening to the latest um, End Product podcast, um, which if anybody hasn't listened to is uh, excellent. Uh, Tony Watt was off this week, and Sojiwa, who I believe was in the chat here, filled in for him, and it was a fantastic conversation, as always. But the kind of conversation with Safanoff, and he's obviously much cheaper, um, is we just don't have any idea like what's going to happen with Russia. Like the expectation is, is that Opta keep covering them, and as long as they cover them, then they'll be fine in the game. Uh, I believe they are adding two teams to the Premier, the Russian Premier League this season which obviously increases the number of games he will play. Uh, somebody else, where was it? Um, Baptiste just mentioned that Safanov's uh, current 5% bonus should stay on his card because Sorare are not minting any new Russian Premier League cards, which is something I didn't even think about, um, which is kind mm. of an interesting observation. Um, so I think Safanov is great as long as you're okay with the possibility that at any point they just stop. And so that's like a huge risk. Um, Pierre has brought up the Premier League winter break, or the Russian Premier League winter break. Agreed, that one is not fun. Um, the Austria Bundesliga one isn't fun either. Um, but it seems like there are a couple in Russia. Yeah, Lomayov is another. That mm -hmm. it's like we have to stop thinking about everything that we want to think about. And instead you're like, what are the chances that these games like, they're not going to not be televised. Like Opta scores everything on TV. And like we Russia 
the Russian broadcasters are not going to voluntarily stop broadcasting these games. So it's really just a matter of whether like Opta decide, like yeah. they mentioned on the, I think they mentioned it on, or I'm sorry, it was a different podcast I was listening to, but they were saying how like a lot of at least U.S. sports books don't take bets on Russian events anymore. So like that's, so like really all we need is Opta to be like, we're not going to do this anymore and we're in trouble. Um, the season starts in like three weeks though. So we'll know at least at the beginning, if they're going to, um, going to have them, I guess somebody said they're not adding anyone. I thought, I guess they, I thought they were still talking about it, but, um, but either way, do you, if you knew that Russia was playing all season, you know, that, that we would get scoring all season does Safanov get into your discussion, knowing there's also no, um, they're not playing any midweeks in terms of, uh, UEFA competitions because they've been banned from those. Yeah, yeah. The the bottom line is yes. Looking at that price there, that floor price of one point six. Um, I don't want to say seems too cheap because we like we've mentioned there's you know there's questionable situations that we we just we just don't know what yeah. is going to happen. But like you said, if you're telling me that yeah, we know the Russia is going to you know play the Russian Premier League and everything's going to be fine and Opta's going to cover it. Yeah, 1.6 ETH for him, albeit one year left of um, eligibility, I believe. I think you take, you, you probably take the risk on that. Um, like you're looking at like an Okoye for 3.2 floor price now. We're looking at double the price. Okay, he's going to have an extra year of eligibility. Okay, yeah, midweeks. But I, I think if you want to do under 23 on a, on a quote-unquote budget, which is still not a budget, is it 1.6 ETH? It's a lot of ETH. But if you're going to want to play it, I think yeah, it, that looks to me a, a, a good um, a good price for a good goalkeeper. Like he's no scrub um, at all. It's just like you said. It's it's the um, yeah, it's just the uncertainty around um, yeah the the Russian Premier League happening or not. But I did see this is like going off topic a little bit. But I'm pretty sure I saw Nike said that they're gonna like pull out of Russia. I know that's nothing to do with Opta, but I'm just you know like when companies start hearing things like that, I know yeah. like McDonald's were the first one, but then McDonald's like rebranded, I think. And then they, yeah, came back as a McDonald's they like, basically. They sold all their Russian franchise and somebody else reopened them under a different Right. Name. Okay. Under a different, yeah. And like same, um, yeah, same recipes, whatever. So in terms of the Nike thing, like does that scare off like sports companies as a whole? I don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. I heard that, um, yeah, who who knows? But yeah, somebody said we forgot Lafont as well. Now he's back in the conversation. Two point four ETH floor, and um, I'm pretty sure Nantes have Europa League this season. Is yep. that right? Yeah. Yeah. So you know, if I'm looking at that, and I see Lafont at two point four, Okoye at three point two. It depends if I don't know. I actually that's a weird. That's a good conversation. What would people prefer, Lafont at two point four or Okoye at three point two? If you're just going out and just buying them right now, no negotiations. I would I think, stick my neck out and say I'd pay the extra maybe and go with Okoye just because of the, the extra year of utility. That makes a difference for me. i got to be honest. That's one of the reasons why I bought Diego Costa over Donnarumma when I did five, six months ago. Um, just because just I knew I wanted my gallery to be an under-23 gallery, meaning that I wanted longevity. But, you know, in, <laughs> that means two years over three years <laughs> in, in that sense. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, for me, I would pay the extra, what is it, 0.6 ETH or 0.8 ETH? Yeah, yeah. 0.8 ETH. Um, for that extra year, if that makes sense, that that would be my take on that situation. Don't get me wrong; Watford could go up and they could play in the Premier League, and that's not ideal. Uh, but I would probably take the gamble on 
getting an Okoye over a, a Lafont. And I think Okoye obviously plays for his national team as well. Yes. I know he's been in and around the national team. I don't know if he's a, a he guaranteed does, he starter. He not going to yeah. the World Cup. Okay. Well, you know. So if if decide, you won't get him for those three game weeks that you know. I won't get him for the, those precious three game weeks. But um, right. yeah, that, that's an interesting um, conversation between those two, I guess. And then you've got Maximiano that you've just added in. Uh, so yeah, Nomayev as well. Maximiano is kind of an interesting one because he's essentially in the same situation as Murich, except without the, it's basically Murich minus eight games. Uh, like he hasn't moved yet. And there are plenty of rumors where he's going. Somebody in chat mentioned uh, Lazio. And I don't know. Like, I, I think the point that you made earlier was really good. And I think a lot of people under, like, don't even think about it. That the, if you don't have the midweek players to play with Okoye, then getting the extra midweek utility doesn't matter. And what's funny is that it's usually the other way around. People have four outfield players and then they don't, you know, and then they have some scrub uh, U20, uh, some scrub goalkeeper who the, and then, you know, you go to make your midweek lineup and you don't have them. And so this one's kind of the opposite. So now you're almost like forcing yourself to spend more on your outfield players if you didn't have them already. Um, so, yeah, the, I think if like if you were gambling on which one, I mean, I think they're both fine in terms of mm-hmm. Murich and Maximiano. Like I, I expect both of them to be starters, but to get one, I mean, you're basically paying double for Murich. Um, yeah. Maybe not realistically. Those are the floors. I don't think anybody's paying two and a half for Murich today. Obviously nobody is because the floor is still there, but yeah, yeah like Saf- is it, yeah, Safanoff, like you pay a little more knowing that he's the starter somewhere that is covered today, <laughs> but like, <laughs> um, it's the equivalent of like if if Opta stopped covering the Russian Premier League, Safinov becomes Maximiano in La Liga Two or whatever they call Segunda Division. Yeah, like it's a, you have a very expensive U twenty three goalies who's not scored, and so um, Zarki saying Maximiano to Napoli as well um, or is out there because Merritt hasn't signed his contract extension yet. Um, I think if, I mean, obviously, if you have Maximiano, you just need him to go somewhere. Yeah. And after that, like, if you don't have him, then, like, all of the rumors are fine. Like, it, I don't know if you can, like, if, if he's going to start somewhere. And the only one that I heard, uh, the only rumor I heard for him that where he wasn't going to be, like, the starter was Barcelona. And it seemed very strange that he would go there. So I just threw that one out. But, like... Starting anywhere is better than not starting. And so, um, I don't know. He looks kind of cheap to me. Yeah. I, I just think, like, what, when, when I pivoted from, like, a you know, champion Europe, challenge Europe, and, and, and everything gallery, basically, just a normal-looking gallery, two under-23s, my, my starting point was, like, I don't want to take that many risks with goalkeepers. Yeah. Um, previous to me owning Van der Voort and Costa as my main two European guys, I had Lafont um, before he was like good, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like before he, like the second half of this, like last season, he, he he scored a lot better than the first half, if I remember. And I also had Etienne Green, who went on a, um, well, yeah, we just know what happened with Saint Etienne. And yeah, so I, like I had some good outfield under twenty threes, but I really felt like I was lacking like some real quality goalkeepers, and I felt like even though they're one fifth of my starting five, like 
it just gave me so much more confidence going into game weeks, knowing I have like a goalkeeper. A is gonna start no matter what, really. And two, like they're in situations where, like, okay, I bought Vandervoort before the Leipzig thing, but you kind of knew that he's gonna go. He's he's gonna be a really good goalkeeper in the future. He's still yeah. like stupidly young, so those the chances are he's gonna get a move somewhere. Yeah, there was risk, but the the likelihood was he was probably gonna stay against. Uh, yeah, Geng, sorry until you know something crazy came in and, and Leipzig was that something crazy that and then crazy, with yeah. cost yeah and then with Costa it was like you know unless a crazy team comes in like a United or somebody that needs a starter there's no way he's going anywhere really he's just won the league at Porto like it just like in my brain how I calculated it like they they were my most like not most nailed on with utility for the next few years if that makes sense they weren't 23 at the time you know so I, what I'm getting at is I just don't like betting too much on this whole, like buying a Maximiano and, and maybe get, like, I don't know, 80% he's a starter, but there's a 20% he might not be. Like, I just want yeah. somebody that's just going to be a starter. Like, just give me a starter. With under 23s, you need five guys out there. And I just, I just don't want to take risks, basically. I don't want the risks associated um, with goalkeepers. As much as, you know, I'm, I'm trying to minimise that risk as best I can. If I have to pay over the odds, I have to pay over the odds, but I think in the long term, that peace of mind for me was was like big, very, very, very big. Did you ever have Donnarumma? No, never. Nothing against him. Uh, well, everything you just said means you shouldn't have Donnarumma. So, as in, if he was the same age as Costa, I would have, I would have probably bought Donnarumma when I bought Costa, if that makes sense. But. Donnarumma is like the opposite of like the sure thing starter. Yeah. What I mean is, yeah. Okay. This season. <laughs> and maybe but next. Was a, well, I don't maybe see Taylor next, Navis but... holding up a new shirt anywhere. Yeah. I think his situation got like worse and worse in the sense of like, you know, when they first bought him, everyone was like, oh, he's nailed like PSG. Like this is sick. But then it got to a stage where like he made a few mistakes and he wasn't looking like this invincible nine foot machine that he was once. And, you know, and that's obviously why Navas got his chances. So, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll retract what I said then. I probably weren't going to ever buy him. Um, <laughs> but he, like, at, at one point, he was definitely on my radar because, you know, I was looking, I remember when I sold my Vinicius Souza Super ad, I had a nice ETH balance and I've never had one as big as that since. And, you know, a bit of that went on Costa and X, Y, and Z. And, like, that could have went on a Donnarumma thinking mm -hmm. ahead to next season, you know. But, yeah, ultimately, there was way more risk attached, risks attached to Donnarumma than there was um, and there is a Costa for me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, somebody mentioned chat about Andre Lunin was supposed to move from Real Madrid. And I think they announced recently, or there was a report recently that he's not going anywhere. So that's why his price isn't moving. And John Andrews was, uh, excuse me, Mike Bastin brought up the possibility of David Ochoa who's around 0.7 ETH now. I think the expectation is that Ochoa goes to Mexico somewhere. I don't know where that is meaning I know where Mexico is. I don't know where in Mexico he's going. Um, but there's there's been like no news about it. Obviously, it's got to come up soon if he's going to make this move. But the difficulty with that situation is that it seems like there's no way he's getting the RSL job back. And so Zach McBath has been like more than fine. And so uh, Ochoa seems like a bit of a headache. And so at 0.7, like if 0.7 is in your budget to, you know, try to gamble like i think it's not a bad play like he's still young mm -hmm. and the expectation is is that wherever he goes he should start like he shouldn't go somewhere to not start and so 
I think that's fine. Mike Basson saying you had Donnarumma for three days. Apparently I did. I don't know. Did I? It's only one way to find out, Harry. Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, I did. I remember this now. Yeah. Yeah, I bought him I bought him ages ago when he was at Milan from the market. Mm. You gave up a Lafont. That was your, that's your boy right there. Yeah, so yeah, I bought him from the market a while ago. Like, that's how you um, got him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that oh, Jesus, that was before I even played under 23. So yeah, that didn't even come into my This is way before I pivoted to be fair. This was much, like when I first joined the platform to be fair. Mm -hmm. So um yeah. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, never used him or anything. Um yeah. That card's been on the move a few times. Yeah, I just think with Italy, not, I mean, the World Cup's not that bit much of a deal. But you know what I'm saying? Like, I know his situation next season doesn't seem as enticing as it could have been. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Mm, that would be my sort of um, take on that little situation. Yeah. What I thought was funny is that it seemed like a lot of people were pricing him a little higher because of the potential, the expected World Cup utility. Like everyone was like, oh, well, you know, he's the number one for Italy and they'll be going World Cup. And then when yeah. Italy failed to qualify, like his price didn't go down. <laughs> and it was like, clearly nobody. It was just like people using that to justify paying more. And then it was like when that was gone, they were just like, oh, whatever. He's still, he's still very good. So don't worry about it. Um, John Andrews, 0.7 is like $50 these days. So <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> um I wasn't expecting to go position by position, but it kind of feels like it makes sense at this point since we just went through an entire goalkeeper conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so let's see who we got here. The The list isn't long and there are a few reasons why, uh, and we can certainly add uh, add some if anybody want, thinks that we should talk about them. Uh, I will say that <clears throat> I was looking to uh, improve I've actually been looking for defenders in all different, like all different scarcities, all different regions. And one of them was, or two of them were U23 rare and champion Europe limited. And so I went and I was like, I know who the best U23 defenders are. They're basically right here. It's like Schlotterbeck, Upamecano, Timber, Sutalo. And I think everyone else, I'm not even sure you can put, I'll, I'll put Sutal in there. I think it's those four. The first two are probably a little higher. Um, but the problem was, I was like, I really need an elite champion Europe defender. And Schlotterbeck and Upamecano are those, are that. Like, you have to, that's who you have to go for if you want, like, literally the best ones. And they're U23. And so I was just like, I'm basically paying, it's like the two most expensive possibilities, and they're combined in these two players. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to not buy those. I tried to buy a Sutalo and it, I failed. I'm just going to put it that way. It's got to a point where I, where I couldn't do it. Uh, John Andrews is recommending uh, Goncalo Inacio. I should probably, we're talking about like potential transfers. And so you're right. He should be on the list. Mm -hmm. um, how do I have this? Floor price is how it's sorted. The Inacio to Man United talk was fun. I feel like that's kind of, gotten a little uh, lighter as of late um you're right i did miss another one this is your boy right here yeah i didn't want to pump my own player but you know the chat's done it for me yeah 
Thank you. I remember Jeff. when you I got that it. super rare. It was right mm. after we were in Orlando, right after you got right it. Right before, yeah, yeah. From yeah. somebody at all like in Orlando, which I didn't know. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that was um, wild. Yeah, that was crazy. So yeah. So he seems underpriced versus an Asio. Um, but maybe I just haven't like I think I underappreciate Inacio anyway, which is weird because I had a Don the entire year and like knew the defenders that were there. Um, mm -hmm. John Andrew saying he's been linked to Wolves too, which is about as awful as it gets, but he's Portuguese, so that's yeah. why. Um, do you think that there's anyone on this list that should, that that's, or excuse me, someone who's not on this list that should be here? Um, Defender-wise, maybe uh, Ronald Araujo. For Barcelona, I don't think he's at a terrible price. Like he's in, he's around the one ETH mark, I think, maybe one point two, um, at, at this going rate of ETH. Like, yeah, okay, twenty three, so another year left. So he's not as young as your Badia Shields and Ignacio's. But as a defender, I mean, what more do you, what more do you really want? Um, yeah. I don't think he was exceptional last year. Like he had exceptional games. I don't think he had like crazy scores for Barcelona, but. Um, yeah, I think this season I would like to see, yeah, a, a really, really solid season for him. People are saying in the chat as well, Guardiol, that could be a, a good shout as well for, from Leipzig. Yeah. There's a there's a load of good under twenty three defenders, which is a good thing. Obviously, there's there's variety if you if you are shopping in that market. You know, they're not cheap. You know, nothing under twenty three and good is cheap. Really, you just have to it's part and parcel of the game. Um, I think like. I think his price is crazy, but like Nico, Nico Schlotterbeck's like situation next year is is looking really good. Like I just watched him for the Nations League with Germany, and I'm not saying he's going to be like the next big German centre back in terms of like like an effect maybe Hummels did uh, like ten years ago. He, mm -hmm. he very very well might be, um, but going to Dortmund, I think that move is phenomenal, especially going there with Sule as well. Obviously not under 23, but it seems like their whole defense is going to get some sort of like a, a revamp. And he, and I think Schlotterbeck's obviously going to be the biggest part of that. I, I can see him scoring incredibly well next year. Yeah. Like, I think there's a reasonable, I mean, it's not like he's that far away, but he could be the highest scoring defender on the platform. Like not even U23, yeah. just like overall, um, mm -hmm. which is scary yeah. for those who don't have him in U23 <laughs> or champion Europe, I guess. Um, I'm going to add... So there was a recommendation. Who is this? Vidurlix. That's how I would. Uh, where is he? So if Sean were here, he would pump um, Sam Biukama because he has him. Got so it. that's the only reason. And I, get <laughs> these, like, I get these like random uh, DMs like, this guy's really good. Like, and then I'm like, oh, how do you know him? And he's like, oh, I just won him. And I'm like, okay, so like you have done no research. You didn't like try to get this guy. You just won him, and now he's very good. It's like what he does with Gleb uh, Gleboff, where he's like, oh, this guy's awesome. And then, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, but these stats are really good. So I will give you that. Yeah. He's a, a center back from Alkmaar. Um, so basically, like if he starts, which he let's see, what is that? 14 starts in the last year. Um, some of them at, towards the end of the season, and you can see like he's got a pretty sick all around game. Uh, mm -hmm. so yeah, I think that's a, a good shout, uh, particularly cause he's like so much cheaper than everyone else. Um, yeah. that there's that I added, uh, Malaysia there because that's a player that I have that 
Mm-hmm. Um, there are rumors of Lyon now that are like, okay, I guess. It's like tough when you're at Fine or I mean, it's a classic, like any of these challenger guys going to a bigger yeah. side. And like, that's kind of the the built-in safety that you have with guys like Schlauterbeck and Upamecano, which is why they're so much more expensive is that yeah. they can't, they cannot move up at this point. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's nothing that they, no club they're going to that's like bigger than where they are already playing. I mean, in terms of like actual competition and um, likely production. So I kind of put that, that's why I put them in a different tier as Timber and yeah. Sutalo because I mean, the Timber, it sounds like he's staying, which mm-hmm. I don't have him. So that was like terrible news to me. Um, <laughs> Sutalo as well. <laughs> um, so I don't know. There's a, those guys are, are certainly options. Trying to see some of the other uh, suggestions here. Bastoni. Bastoni's a kind of a, a tricky one. I, I want to, I bought a Inter Milan bundle the other day and Bastoni was in it. And I sold him and I was just like, it's a weird, like that team's really good. And they have some like really good scoring players, but like he just doesn't score like as elite as I want. Mm-hmm. Or as I would, I expected, I guess. Um, and he like gets left fine. out quite a bit as well. Was you that know, towards the end of this? He was getting left out, like you know those couple of yeah. DMPs. I was there. Yeah, that was worrying me towards the end of the season. Before that, like you said, yeah, there, there's there's some good score, like some very good scores there, of course. Yeah, there are. Um, and I think he has. What does he have two years? Oh, just one year left. Um, so he has like some really good scores, but I don't mm-hmm. I don't put him in the um, in that same bracket. Wes Roach was saying he had an injured calf. Fair like enough. even just looking, nice. I don't know. It's just like a decent number of DNPs in the last year mm-hmm. for all different and reasons. A few, and, and a few 14s. <laughs> right. <that we> <laughs> Let's see here. So that's probably a red. Was it? It's got to be a red. Oh, yeah. all right. So conceded Ooh. penalty and a red card. Red. But, yeah, it happens. I mean, those, those things are going to happen for a center back. Yeah, 100%. And... Uh, We've got Jules here. Mm. Isn't he 24 now? Or by, uh, I thought he had one more year. Done him a disservice. Yeah, he has one year. After. Yeah. He'll be 24 this year. I'll give, I'll, okay. I'll give you partial credit for that one. <laughs> um, so he just had surgery. I don't think that's changing anything, but um, I've seen him with rumors to Chelsea and Barca. Barca. And I don't, I can't remember if there was another one. Hmm. Both of those seem fine. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Isn't it funny how we've basically just got center backs here? <laughs> I think there's, I mean, Masiala could be the only fullback we have, but that's just kind of out of our control in terms of um, the reasoning yep. for why they score so well. I guess Gusto's a, um, a wing back as well, but yeah. going back to that, um, the fella that Sam Bulekma, um, Mies Hilgers is what? Well, playing on the same team as him, um, was injured for a long time last season. I can't remember the injury, uh, but yeah, as you can see there, so from like game week what two forty four um, yeah. was kind of like his last game. He came back towards the end though, as you can see, three um, three uh, light green scores. So, yeah, had 70 minutes, 84, um, and then came on as sub against Hercules. But, yeah, he's one that, like, I know, is it Robin Proper is one of uh, PSU's yep. um, love childs. So it, it's basically who who starts with him, I imagine. 
know what I'm saying? So it, it, it probably, I'm not sure if they play a back three or not. If they don't, then yeah, it's, it's one other position back two. No, uh, Hilgers is at FC 20, 20 not. Oh, I th- oh, AZ, you said. Sorry, my bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's, sorry. I thought, yeah, I got confused then, to be fair. I thought um, they were both FC 20 boys. No, we're okay, good on well, that one. Okay, well, they're mutually exclusive, and they they can both start. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah there, there's no worries with that one um, somebody was bringing up alfonso davies um i i can't speak unbiasedly about alfonso davies he was like one of the first cards i bought on the platform um mm-hmm. and he was also like the biggest sale i've ever had um like i think he's awesome don't get me wrong mm-hmm. the and i don't want he's he's kind of a so looking at the score graph and everyone's like, we need to make fullbacks better. And it's like, he has some <laughs> terrible games because he's a fullback. But he's got enough awesome games where I'm just like, I don't need this to get any higher since I don't have him now. Uh, like when you play in that position for an elite team, you're going to have more than enough decisive opportunities where mm-hmm. it's okay. Um, I mean, granted, he's only had, what is that, 10 decisives in the past year um, in, what is that, 53 games? And yet, still, like, the scores are are okay. Um, yeah. He's just, he's a class, he's like, like your classic fullback on the elite team. Like, you're, you can win a podium, like, what is, yeah, Pierre said, ultimate mm-hmm. podium or bust option. And I I think he's great, but... That's it. Like if, if he has this bad game, like you're not winning anything. But if he has a good one, like you literally could win finish first. Yeah, you're winning it. Yeah. That's what we're, that that's what I guess why obviously center backs are, are way more popular and it's just the consistency, isn't it? That that's what you're paying for. You're paying for that consistency where yeah, they might not score crazy well. Their their peaks might for the most part not be Alfonso Davies like where they're scoring hundreds. Um because yep. Davis gets an assist and he gets a clean sheet and he's just crushing. But you just get that consistency to where, like, you know, it's just a safer bet, I think, yeah. or, you know, as an overall um, sort of, yeah, description. It's just a lot safer. Um, but does safe win you things? That, that's the content. That's, that's what, well, that's what you've got to weigh up, I guess, isn't it? It's whether or not, um, yeah, it's just your, your risk appetite in terms of who you would like to play in that position. And, and if you think that that matchup for Davis outweighs a safer centre-back option on another team for that given game week. Like, it, it, it's game week by game week. You know, you can't um, look at it over, like, a season-long thing. I think it, you you need options. You need options everywhere. And it's like, OK, well, this week I might play Davis because he's playing, I don't know, Stuttgart at home or whoever it is, there's a, a very high likelihood that he's going to get an assist. Like these are just yeah. obvious things that everyone's going to know, but that's what it comes down to for me. It, it's matchups, not like I want to buy him over him. It's like you might have to just buy two of them and just play one one week and one the other week. Like it, it kind of just has to work out that way for me. Yep. No, I I, I completely agree with you here. Um, I was going to talk about Soleil because we saw like a very dramatic price drop. Um, mm-hmm. Oh man, the limited one is probably much more dramatic. There it is. Um, links to Torino and basically sounded like it's going to happen. Um, makes nobody want Soleil anymore. I think it's a combination that Torino's center backs weren't that good last year. 
Obviously, he was playing for a very high possession team in Salzburg last year since they just kind of dominate the Austrian Bundesliga. Do you think the fall in price from, let me just go to rares, back to rares, like from basically just under an ETH, uh, just over an ETH, uh, to like, oh my God, somebody sold at 0.26. Jesus. And yet today was 0.67. I don't know. Basically half price in a day. Um, Is this price low enough for you to like them? 0.6 or (laughs) 0.2? 0.5, I'll put it. 0.2 Point two seems like it's gone. Um, no, I gotta be honest. Probably not. No, I, I just like the situation at Salzburg. Like you've just explained, I'm not going to go over. It. Like it's not even remotely comparable to playing for Torino in the Serie. A. I'm sorry. They just, like it's not even half as good. Like yeah. you know, what I'm saying it, it probably is one fourth. Uh, you know, what I'm saying like the the price difference one ETH two point six. It sounds crazy, but that would be the difference in like like toughness of league, you know, situation of team in league. Like it just, for me, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't touch him. And like you said, it's not confirmed. So we can't really jump the gun too much. It does look, you know, pretty nailed on. I seen something today that 15 million is the number, um, whether it was like personal terms, I don't know what the situation is, but yeah, ultimately like nobody can tell me that's a good situation. I'm sorry. Torino in the Serie A. Like (laughs) I'm really sorry if you hold him, but like, and John, if you're watching, I'm deeply sorry, but it just isn't a good situation. It just, I just don't think you can sugarcoat it personally. I don't know what the, the chat thinks and what, what you believe, but um, yeah. So talking that when we started about the defenders, how I was like, I was looking for Sutalo and the other guy, the two guys above him were too expensive for me. I was like, I really want like a, a, an extremely solid U23 defender. And the two I was looking at were Soleil and uh, another one that Joe P brought up in chat, Stanley and Soki. Mm-hmm. Literally the day after I was like deciding that I was going to try to get one or both of them, though they both had just like awful rumors and I was just like, I'm out. <laughs> like I can't do it. <laughs> and so the, so I have uh, Malaysia, not to like talk about my own gallery too much, but like he was, he's the best U23 defender I have right now mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of rares. And I was like, hopefully I can like, like eats dropping, I'll, you know, I can sell him for a lot and I'll get like one of these other guys. And then like the rumor comes out today that Leon are basically going to sign him. And I'm just like, that's break. fine, but it's not as good. Um, just this time of year is, is awful. Um, somebody. Horrible. Yeah, Piakowski is basically coming in to um, probably replace, replace Soleil next to uh, Wolber. Mm-hmm. Or does he fall on the list? He's not cheap. I like the, the V uh, DRLX one um, in the chat. Jao Victor. There's been a weird situation with him with Corinthians over the last couple of weeks. He was, yeah, he, he, I'm pretty sure he got injured in their last game. He went down injured with like a back injury or something. But prior to that, he hadn't played for a little while. So I don't know whether that was the back-related situation. It might have been. But whilst that was ongoing, there's been Benfica and Porto rumours non-stop for the last month, right? Yeah. Um, he would be somebody that, yeah, like if he goes to Porto, like I might have to buy it. Like he's one of them ones where I'd probably have to buy him. Because what? it just seems perfect for my Diego Costa situation. Yeah, what does he what does he cost 
with a like 0.73. Is he really 0.73? He was about 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 about two weeks ago, roughly. Yeah, so yeah, he's oh, yeah. he's he hasn't changed dramatically. I think what's the floor at now? 0.95. Yeah. Which which I mean eight hours ago is points he sold for 0. 0.76. So okay. okay. Let's even call it. Yeah. But then is if he, if is he, he over an ETH if he goes to Ben if he goes to uh mm, Porto? Yeah. In he this in this ETH market, yeah, you'd probably have to say so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Um only one year left eligibility, he'll be twenty four pretty soon. Uh but luckily I think his birthday falls in a way where yeah, he's eligible for the next season. Um, I'm pretty sure. So um yeah. For me, that could be a really good-looking situation next season in terms of Portuguese centre-backs playing for... Uh, Brazilian centre-backs playing in Portugal um, for, quote-unquote, the best team in the league. Um, and, yeah, if you like Porto's under-23 stack, I know it's being disintegrated right now. Um, but at one point, the only missing piece was a defender, really. Jean Mario didn't, doesn't or didn't um, really cut it. Mm. Um they were crying out for a centre-back. This guy could be it. He really could. I, I watch a lot of Corinthians games uh, just because one of my friends actually um, that I live with has got a limited uh, Raul Gustavo. So we watch a lot of his games. Another, another good option. Another good option. Yeah, left-footed centre-back. Um, very strong. Um, yeah, really good player. I know Perez, I think, has a super rare. Very good player. Um so yeah, like I, I like the look of Jao Victor a lot. I think he would do really well in that uh, Portuguese league. Um, I'm seeing Sikaman Sik would be a good shout as well. Stokey, uh, Scott just said in the chat. Um, yeah, I think he'd be good. I just worry about rotation with Leipzig. They always seem to leave one of the four or five centre-backs out and you don't know whether it's going to be Guardiola, you don't know whether it's going to be um, Simakon. Like it's just, I don't know. I just don't want to get involved in situations like that personally. Um but if your risk appetite is is large, and yeah, may, maybe that is something you could sort of look into. Yeah, and the uh, the good place here recommended um, Windall. Windall's price like popped up because there was all this. It, everybody was just like, yeah, he's going to Ajax. Like he's going to replace who you know, Lisandro Martinez if he leaves, and then Blind moves to center back, and then that left back spot's open for Windall. And I saw the other day, yesterday maybe. Times all a blur, but they were basically like his salary demands are too high, so that's like stalled now. But I don't know. I think he's good. Whether he stays or he goes to Ajax, it's it's pretty good. Uh, a pretty yeah. good situation. Um, that's uh, I'm I'm done on defenders. They're all expensive yeah. and they're all pretty good. Um, I will say. Oh, actually, one more thing. I lied. Mm -hmm. With Raúl Gustavo, he's basically Jao Victor without the Porto links like there's yeah. no talk of him going anywhere but yeah. there's plenty with Jao victor so um, west was saying windall was linked to everton too that sounds horrible so yeah that's a hard pass for me on that one yeah no, um, no thank you yeah all right let's see who is on our midfield list um so all of these guys are stupidly expensive i'm not gonna like sugarcoat that i don't see anyone here that's like moderately cheap um and not that that's what this conversation is i said i was replying to a tweet that you sent out of who the top three midfielders are um one of which i don't even think we have on this list at a jetson quickly mm -hmm. but i said it was going to be pedri 
Jedson and then Veerman, Joey Veerman. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Sean started giving me a hard time that I didn't have a Pedri. I still don't. Um, now that we know, well, now that Enzo is going to, uh, Benfica and likely not until December, but it's possible in July. Mm -hmm. Do you think, how, how much of his river plate scores do you think show up in Portugal? Um, for a team like Benfica, I know, like, let's be honest, there's three good teams in Portugal, right? Sporting, Porto, Benfica. Yeah. So, you know, majority of the time they have a fixture where they're probably going to win the game most likely. And for the most part, score a lot of goals. And don't get me wrong, that's not too dissimilar to River in Argentina. I've watched loads of River games this season, you know, because I own an Alvarez or did own an Alvarez, own an Enzo. So, yeah, I've had loads of uh, time to watch them. And yeah, they, they do steamroll teams. Don't get me wrong. But so did Benfica. And um, my sort of analysis on it, like, you know, Benfica getting a new coach, their midfield that sort of played a lot last season, Adel Terrapt, João Mario and Julian Weigel. Like, I, I don't know if I've missed anyone in there. I know those three are involved. There might be others. So, you know, um, you know I'm not getting it all right. But basically what I'm getting at is they had an aging midfield for the most part. Yeah. Um, they're clearly looking into bringing, you know, fresh blood. And I think... I'm not saying he's going to be as good, but he's going to be very, very, very close. Like, I'd be shocked if there'd be, like, much change um, in his scores. Is it, in, is it a harder league? Yeah, you'd have to say so. You know, you know you'd be stupid not to say. Um, but, but the fact that he's playing for such a good team helps, obviously. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's not going to a scrub. He's not going to a mid-table team. He's going to Benfica. You know, they play Champions League football. They're a very good football inside. Like I said, new coach. I'd be shocked if he's not a nailed-on starter every week. He might not play, you know, if he plays in the Champions League game, he might not play on the weekend for whatever reason. Like, that that happens. Rotations happen. But for the most part, yeah, I think he has to be in the conversation of one of the best uh, midfield options next season. <clears throat> so I, I talked about this with Sean a, a little bit um, previously, not on not on stream, but I'm going to bring it up now as well mm -hmm. um so he likes to compare or think of uh ibrahim sangare when he's like what are my expectations for enzo because um manager for psv is going to benfica enzo will play kind of in the spot there that sangare does he's got a little more attacking upside and so he's like i think sangare is like the floor of what you can expect and i was saying that the difficulty with this argument is that you're you still have to consider that Benfica play like in you have to still consider the league and I get that um that Benfica kind of dominate one of three teams that dominate um in Portugal so because we have three three teams that dominate in Portugal and uh although you just said that obviously the Benfica ones weren't great so I had to look this up. I'm going to pull it up in a second. But how many midfielders in uh, the Primera Liga, which is Portugal's uh, league, average at least 60 fantasy points in their last 40? So like basically last, most of last season. How many midfielders in the entire league average 60 fantasy points? As in like so rare points? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so like if I pull up the rank, I'm going to like pull up the rankings. Probably not many. Diego Goncalves? 
Was he one of them? I don't think there'll be many, to be completely honest. So you're right. There are, um, there are zero. Okay. Like, and I'm not saying that, like, it can't happen. Obviously, it's like, Enzo is a kind of a different beast, mm-hmm. new manager. They're going to have a ton of new teams and new players on the team anyway. But it's just like going to a league that just doesn't produce any players <laughs> score-wise that we've seen out of somebody like Enzo um, worried me a little bit. That's all. And yeah. I, I, I think that I have a – I'm biased against Enzo because I don't have one. Like I'll I'll totally admit that that like every time somebody has to remind me again how awesome this guy is I have to be like well and every time I try to make a point it's like it's dumb it's it, mm-hmm. it doesn't work because the guy is awesome and he's awesome in this game but I think that I think there are some unrealistic expectations and I think River Plate scores right away for Benfica are completely unrealistic. Mm -hmm. Um, Particularly in like, if he goes in January, I mean, it doesn't matter when he goes, but like the first six months, I don't, everyone's like, Oh, well, you know, there's plenty of evidence of guys changing leagues and crushing. Look at Luis Diaz. And it's like, all right, well you don't count Luis Diaz. Obviously it's a very different situation. Mm -hmm. Although he was going from Portugal. Um, Like it just doesn't happen that much. And so I just, I don't fear that Enzo will come up short, but like if there was like anyone else in the Portuguese league that we could look at and be like, that's what Enzo could be. We just don't, it doesn't exist. And so that's me attempting to reign on the Enzo parade. I get it. I get it. I think what Piers is saying there, and I'm going to like the best comparison I would say in terms of like who's Enzo's as similar to this plane in the Portuguese Portuguese league work now is Vitinha, Vitor Ferreira. Um, okay, Vitor has a few set pieces, so okay, let's kind of take them away from Enzo. Let's just say he doesn't have any for Benfica for what you know, he doesn't take them for River. So for the most part, why would he really take them there? He might, whatever. Let's just say he doesn't. Um, like Perez has said, his goal threat is something that Vitinha doesn't have. Um, for a box to box midfielder, you know. If you're like if you're scoring goals, you're gonna get good scores if you're playing for Benfica in that midfield. That that's my belief. That's what I think we'll see. Um, yeah, okay, like you said, the av- like the L forty averages of midfielders in the Portuguese league doesn't look you know amazingly um, brilliant, but I just think um, that like I'm not gonna say that Enzo is better than all them, but like Enzo isn't them, and they're not Enzo. So like you know, let's let's give the boy a chance. Um, but I do think like in terms of like how they are as players. Vitini is a bit smaller, a bit slighter, a bit more agile, but, you know, Enzo's just like a, a powerhouse for me. And I think his goal scoring capabilities, you know, obviously gets assists as well, but like Perez was saying, long rate, long range shots and stuff. And it was really funny. I first bought him um, because of, yeah, but what was funny was I bought him, let's say a couple months ago now before the season started uh, because of Josh Foyth, Jenky. Um, and he was like, yeah, I've taken a gamble on this Enzo Fernandez kid for River because I already bought Julian Alvarez. I was like, you know what, let's build a little stack bought him whatever and I'm not joking I watched the first five six games and somebody might be able to um be a bit more accurate in what I say here but I think he hit the post like four times <laughs> in the first. it was unbelievable I, I promise you it was crazy and I was just like what is going like why can't 
Why can't he score? <laughs> like he was under, yeah. somebody said, yeah, he was uh, underperforming his uh, XA. I think who who mentioned that uh, Surfler um, was. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, yeah, uh, underperforms his XA at River, and they're pretty wasteful in chances. But yeah, it, it's hard to compare different leagues. But yeah, ultimately, I I see Enzo having a good good impact in that in that um, Benfica midfield. Whether that's in July, whether that's December, I I really do see him. Um, yeah, really kicking on, and you know, eligibility till twenty twenty five. He's got a say, few years left in him. So it's long. ridiculous. It's so long. And then, to, don't get me wrong. I don't think he'll be at Benfica for a long time. I, I think that's a stepping stone into something bigger, a lot bigger. Yeah. Um, he probably could have done that now, and maybe got loaned out to another team if that makes sense. Like yeah. Man City might have bought him for forty mil. It's a lot of money, but then loaned him somewhere for two years, whatever, whatever way you want to look at it. But I do think he ends up at like a really, really good European club. And I'm not saying Benfica aren't that, but just a bit like the next tier up from Benfica, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I think he nailed it. It's uh, I wonder there's some United talk, Man United talks too. Yeah, or, yeah, so. I've seen that. That was one of the, everybody's like, oh, yeah, Benfica, Benfica. Like, all these rumors are great. And it was like, how about Man United? And they were like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> bit early. Thanks. It's a bit 21. The kid's 21. Yeah. So I remember um, this, I mean, it was your tweet of, like, who the top players were in each position. Um, who were your um, choices for midfield? Do you remember? I think I went Enzo. Um, did I go Enzo, Viaman, and I said Vieira if. He doesn't move, basically, and he moved. He moved um, immediately, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so two out of three of them have moved. Uh, but I'll stick with Joe. Yeah, I think Veerman's, it seems too, you know, like those ones, like they seem too obvious um, in terms of like they were so good last year when they moved to the better situation from Herovine to PSV. Yeah. Crushed. Like, is it too obvious that he's going to be good or, or or am I overthinking? You know what I'm saying? That That's what, like, that's what my mind goes to. It's like, should we always think, well, you know, they did this in this season, so that means in this season they should do this. I know they're the only stats we have to go off, so ultimately, you know, that's all we can do is speculate from past performances, but is it too good to be true is what I'm basically asking you. <laughs> yeah, so Veerman was one of the first limiteds I bought when, like, Veerman was like the guy that I bought in limited because I was never going to be able to afford his rare. And when he moved to PSV, it was like, this guy should be a lot more expensive because it seems so unlike, like part of the reason we don't like buying or spending so much on certain U23s is because we're like, he's going to get a move and he's going to be dead on his next move. I and mean, we're talking about so many right now. And there was like almost some built-in safety with Veerman because like he transferred in January and it's like, he's not going to transfer in January and then again in the summer. Like yeah. PSV aren't going to flip him that quickly. And so like, that's why I was like, yeah, he should be, much more expensive. I mean, as limited is now like over half an ETH. That is Jesus. Wild. Wow. Yeah, that's wild. Um, maybe I'll uh, show off my buy here. Where is my purchase? <laughs> I don't even remember where it is. It's like hidden somewhere in these, uh, in this gap. In the pits. Oh, now, I'm, now I'm really curious here. <laughs> October 6th. Oops. Okay. Sorry for everyone, for me just taking time to show off, but. <laughs> Joe P says Mauro Jr. should be up there as well. Yeah, he is in the conversation, but it's a difficult one that one. We'll get into it in a minute. But um, anyway, somewhere. Oh, wait. Is that? Oh, there's that little there yellow. Guy. Hey, there we go. <laughs> Apparently, I wasn't the only one who was willing to buy him back then. But anyway, the, that was certainly the, the, the benefit of Veerman because I was like, I know that like, or at least I was confident that he was going to stay. And you just look at some of these other guys like Chuameni, 
with Real Madrid, like we don't know if he's going to start. Um, we obviously saw Kamavinga do that last, was that last summer or was that January? It's all uh, last summer, I believe. Last I could summer. be wrong though. Whatever it was, he barely played. Obviously yeah. the expectations are high with him, but um, there's that. Uh, yeah, Mauro Jr. is an interesting one. Zarki also said that Botman to Newcastle. Did that happen or wow. is that? I'm not sure. I think it could be. Like, did um, it actually happen or is that just? But anyway, Zarki was the one who, for me, always tells me about Mauro Jr. And <laughs> Mauro Jr. is kind of a weird one for me because he, like, he's a kind of player that we shouldn't want. Um, yeah, he really is. He goes against what we should want. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like he, he's a fullback. Yeah. And like, just rows of right back and dark green somehow. And we're just like, wait, <laughs> this wait. doesn't make sense. Yeah. I will say that having a midfielder card, like I assume helps. I guess it did. What is Apparently it? Apparently so. That 54. Yeah. So it's, it's higher yeah. as a midfielder. Like usually yeah. you want to be higher as a mid. You usually want the midfielder card if you do happen to play fullback. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like, or he's a left. Yeah, right. So yeah, everything that like we're told to go away from, and yet all he does is like bang out green scores. Um, you have this guy? I don't think you do. I don't know. It's a fu- it's a funny one. One of my really good friends um, who joined a similar time as me. Like he's good on his on his he, for some reason he has a niche and it's full it's fullbacks. It's under twenty three fullbacks, right? And he told me about Maro Junior before he was even a starter at PSV, and I of course I didn't buy him. And now it's got to the point where, like, he's so good, I can't give my friend the satisfaction. Sure. Of, like what he told me, you know. Um, yeah, I, I do want one, I'll be honest. But then do I think, ah, well, if I buy one of him, am I just getting, like, a really diluted version of Joey Veerman score-wise? Because they're playing in the same position in my team. They'll both be midfielders. Right. It's like if somebody's playing a Joey Veerman, and I've, okay, I've got a Gakpo, let's say. So I play Gakpo and Mauro uh, Jr. And somebody else plays a Gakpo and, and Veerman. The chances are, I'd like to think that the other, you know, the the, the Veerman Gakpo situation is going to score better than mine for the most part, you know, over the course of a season. So, uh, am I just being a cheapskate in that sense? Like, do I just go out and try and get a Joey Veerman? Uh, but like you said, you bought him at a really good time, and I think that was the time to buy Joey Veerman. Now, like for me, even for me, like you know, I, I don't really have the money to be spending on the Joey Veerman 3, 3.5 ETH or whatever it is. Like, I, I just can't really justify it. Even though, like we've said, it seems like the most obviously great situation next season. Yeah. It's yeah. tough. It, it's, it's tough to fork out that much ETH on, uh, especially at Rare now, this is what I'm referring to. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah, just too much. And even 0.5 for a limited. <laughs> Jesus. That's wild. That's wild. Uh, somebody, who was it? I'm trying to find it in a chat. Mentioned Musiala. And the only issue I have with Musiala is I just have no idea when he'll play. And I think you can make arguments all the time that like he should play more. And every game week, you could be like, this is the lineup. It makes sense for him to be in it. And you're just like, never sure. And I can't, I can't have guys like that. Like me personally, I can't, it's not worth me taking zeros 30% of the time, even, you know, like if he somehow starts 70% of games, which he doesn't, mm-hmm. it's like, that's, that's ultimately my problem with, with Musiala. And that's why, like the price is just wild to me that he's that expensive for somebody who like really is just not locked in at all. No, 
Yeah, people who buy him, I think, are just buying his like talent. You know what I'm saying? Like you're just buying him as a flex in the sense, like he, like you said, he he isn't a player that you're gonna, you know, on a Thursday evening be like, this guy's nailed on on for Saturday. Right. Like you just can't. Unfortunately, I love him. I think he's incredible. I have all the best things to say about him. But ultimately, as a buy, I would only buy him. Well, I'd only have him if I won him. Let's just say it that way. And I probably wouldn't sell him. I'd keep him. Yeah. Would he be used? Probably not as much as he'd like to be. But I, I'd love to own one. Like, I, I I love what he's about. But like you said, is it worth that risk at that price? It's, it's not, unfortunately. It, it just really isn't. Yeah. It The way that you just described it is how Sean described uh, Gavi. And it was like, mm. if I, I would never buy that card. But if I won it, I couldn't sell it either because like the upside is just so high that it's just not even worth um, worth doing it. Um, somebody brought up uh, Kirk Chu, who was in, who was on the list. I think he's kind of like I don't know how anybody confidently buys him right now. Like mostly, like, like there's just too much unknown. It's less the he's a, you know he's a great obviously he'd been a very good player the links to West Ham are basically what like stopped him from becoming more, uh, more expensive. But that's one that it's just like the outcome, the range of outcomes is way too big for me to have to spend whatever 1.6 ETH is 1600 bucks or pounds basically. Yeah. I think he was too good last year to not get a move. You know what I'm saying? Like, unfortunate for uh, like as holders i'm not a holder but like for him it's great obviously personally he's going to go and get a great move i imagine uh, and a big move at that because i've watched him play and uh, like he's really really good for like how is he is he was he 21 like he's really sharp and to be uh, was he captain of that final team i have no idea i'm pretty sure he was captain for a lot of those games last season i could be wrong somebody in the chat very well uh, may correct me, but I'm just having a look now. Um, I'm pretty sure he was captain. Let me check. Seems reasonable. Well, maybe not. Uh, but okay, so when Bilo came back into the side, I think he was captain. So he must be club captain. Um, and then Senesi. Maybe not, but I'm sure I saw him as captain at some point. But what I was getting at was um, just as a, you know, for somebody his age, he was exceptional last season. Mm-hmm. Like really, really good. And there's just. Two, he offers too much in terms of like, I love set pieces. You love set pieces. Like he offers too much for like real life clubs to not want to like be scouting around that. It just makes no sense not to starter for his national team for, for the most part of this season as well. Like he is just, the, he is a guy this season. Like you, ha- he has to move, unfortunately. Like that would be the best way to describe it for me. Um, and as someone that doesn't know him, obviously it's, it's nice. if, you, if you Yeah. And <laughs> the guy that's right next to him on this page, uh, Luis Sinisterra's, yeah. The same that they were they were both too good to stay. Mm-hmm. And they're also both too good to go to like a comparable team. And so now we're just looking at like champion Europe depth. And it just like that's the last thing that you want with your under 23 players. Um, yeah. which is why they're just not that expensive. Uh I'm not using that as a segue to get into forwards because somebody mentioned Venetia Souza to Ajax. And it would seem silly to talk about under 23s with you and not talk about Venetia Souza. So um, I remember the first time, I, I, I know why I bought my Venetia Souza. Um, because my friend Trippin B told me, hey, you should buy this kid. Mm-hmm. And I like heard you on a podcast with, uh, I think it was Nellis. 
mm-hmm. where you were saying how you were like the original Venetia Souza buyer. And I'm like, I got Venetia Souza's rare at like 0.13. There's no way <laughs> Harry bought before me. <laughs> so I look it up and you got him like two months before me. So like props to you for finding this guy. Obviously he like, I mean, is it safe to say that he like changed your so rare experience because of how you bought and sold him? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there was no intention, like in terms of knowing that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Completely, completely flipped on his head. If, if it weren't for that sale, uh, that sale um, in December time, early January, um, I think I sold him for four ETH on the dot, maybe the super rare. They wouldn't, yeah, there's no way I'd be in the position I am today. There's just, there's just no way. Um, but it came about, it's a really funny story. It was a random Friday night. I was on my, you know, it was a game week that just started and Michelin or, you know, whatever team he was playing for in the Belgian league, they had a Friday night game and it, it might've been against standard Liège. You might be able to pull it up, but he scored something like 83, like a 40, 50 AA score. Um, that's the game. Nailed it. Okay. Game week 206. And I was, you know, I'm not plugging them, but I was on my phone. I was on sofa score. And I saw that he had like an eight point something rating on SofaScore. And for anyone that uses SofaScore, if anyone has an eight point something rating, it basically means they've done something really cool, yeah, you right? Crushed it. And what happened was he hadn't scored. He hadn't done anything. It was just an AA game. And I saw he made like something stupid, like 10 tackles. Have, have a look at the, uh, the defensive. There we go. Six, Six tackles, right? And I was just Six like, hang on a minute. One. That was it. The duels <laughs> one. I was just like, what is going on here? And to be fair, there was not much data before that. So, you know, he might have been injured. I don't remember the exact story, but basically he hadn't played many games before that standard Liege game um, or never scored anywhere near that. Looked on so rare. I saw there was a super rare for like, what was it? 300 300 pounds, 300 euros. Um, And yeah, luckily I had a bit of ETH in my account for whatever reason. It wasn't a lot of ETH. Yeah, it was 0.14 ETH. Like it's ridiculous really looking back. And that was, yeah, October 10th. Yeah, October uh, October 1st. So I've got my first, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what, yeah, did I ever see that happening? No, selling for 40, no chance. But I just saw, I don't know, I just saw, so, like, I just get like this gut feeling sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I see, I'm not saying that you should go and buy every player that has an eight point rating on so on sofa score and, and not like this. It's not going to happen. There's, there's outliers in data. We always see players random players have random good games it happens it was just so that my guy went on a streak of 10 games where he basically scored the same thing every game effectively and luckily i sold him at like the end of that 10 game so yeah go from game week 206 to yeah game week 230 because i won the cody gakpo rare with him in that team um and i basically sold him just after that and you know his scores took a bit of a dip they're still okay scores, mm-hmm. you know, after that, but they're not four ETH scores yeah. really for a super rare. So I would, don't get me wrong. There's loads of luck involved, but ultimately I, I really did just trust my gut feeling and it paid off. I'm not saying it, it's going to happen every time for me, but this was just a really lucky occasion. Yeah. Let me see. I got mine. Yeah. November 3rd. So yeah, okay. way behind you, way behind. Yeah. That was just a rare. T- I probably paid more for the rare. Oh, I almost <laughs> paid the same. Yeah. Very similar. I bought a limited at the same time, which is really funny. I didn't buy a rare. Like when I went on, you bought the I super rare I bought limited. Two, yeah, I bought I bought a super rare, maybe two limiteds, and I ended up selling one limited for like ten times the amount. And then I mm-hmm. I don't know why if I don't know what I did with the other one, but um, yeah, I should have just. I don't think there was any rares. Well, maybe no, that's a lie. There was a rare up because one of my friends bought the rare. Um, mm. So yeah, there was a load up, and luckily nobody saw that this 
this guy had scored so well at the time and nobody, you know, cancelled their listings. It was a really lucky occasion, you know, and will it ever happen again for me? Probably not. But, you know, it's done now. It's in the history books. And like you said, it's really, you know, um, transform- that is really has transformed my, my gallery and the capabilities, you know, after that sale has, has been crazy. Like being able to podium twice in under 23 D2, like that would never have happened. I wouldn't have bought a Tani Super Rare if it wouldn't for that Vinicius Souza Super Rare sale. I didn't have, I don't have that money to do that. Yeah. He was very lucky. Um, yeah, very lucky. And now his price is rising again because he has links to Ajax, Celtic, Bruges, and there was one other. Um, uh, Ajax, Celtic, Bruges. Um, whatever it was, yeah. they're all great landing yeah. spots. I feel like every time we say that about somebody, they end up, West Ham starts calling. And we just <laughs> that's what happened to Tati Castellanos. Oh, West was saying PSV. Yeah. Uh, like, okay. give me all those, any of those, I'm good. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, somebody brought up that Florian Vert should be on this list. Um, I think I I think I did put Vert in my He, my he is on the list. list but is he, he on the list? Ah, uh, he's a forward, that's why. Yeah. He is. I was worried. Um, <laughs> I took uh actually did i take yeah i took mbappe and halland off this list because i just don't think they're worth talking about because not everybody has 12 to 25 eth to buy a card Mm -hmm. um venetius jr probably shouldn't be here either because i think he's kind of in a class by himself but then um kind of the other guys we have jota who is supposed to be announced by celtic this week everybody is getting a little more excited about it Darwin obviously has already made his move to Liverpool. Price-wise, everyone clearly thinks he's going to crush it immediately, which is kind of wild to see. I believe yeah. I saw uh, Team Bambi bought his unique for 75 ETH the other day. Wow. It was a lot. Um, Gakpo is still out there as likely to move. The early talk I saw was Arsenal. I've basically seen nothing recently, mm-hmm. at least nothing enough for somebody to drop it into a Discord channel called Transfer Rumors of one of the 24 discords I'm in. Um, but he kind of, wherever he goes, I feel like, because everyone else, like Eddie Emmy's already moved, made his move to Dortmund. I guess Carlson could move, um, mm-hmm. just kind of going down the list here. Carlson could move. There was an expectation that he wasn't going to. And now that they have Odegaard and I believe they signed someone else, there's kind of like, maybe they are getting ready to get rid of him. Julian Alvarez already with, or, already signed to Man City, staying. Sinistero, we just mentioned, is kind of moving. And I think kind of everyone else. Uh, Zarki just mentioned Oshiman. I should probably add him. You're right. Yeah. I kind of always forget about him because... He just crushes. <laughs> well, I actually was going to say, like, I feel like he never plays. Um, really? Like I feel like he's out for like long enough where I forget about him. And mm-hmm. then he comes back. And then I see somebody podium with him. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he, he does play really well still. But... Yeah, he should be on this list. So I'll, uh, I think I just got him in there. Maybe he's a little cheap. I don't know. But um, who are you? I know you have an Ansu Fati. I don't think you're expecting to play him every game this season, but maybe you are. Um, do you think this three and a half, almost three and a half youth floor is justified? Unfortunately, I think it is. Um, don't get me wrong. There's loads of and loads of risk attached to buying an Antifati right now. I'm seeing rumors that Barcelona is saying like he doesn't look fit and all this stuff, but I don't know how true it is because it's not official. You know what I'm saying like but officially they haven't said it, but there's there's been good rumors. So it's like, oh, do I believe that? And then it's like he's just he just trained with the the national team for 
a month, basically, however long. He didn't play a minute in Nations League, but he wasn't going to. They just wanted him integrated into the, the side again. Um, I think it's justified. But the, prob- the problem is it's justified because if he does crush, he's two years young. He's like a Vinicius Junior two years younger, effectively. Like, this kid's like a number 10 for Barcelona. Like, those chances don't get given to every kid at 16 years old. And, yeah. and then they get taken. I know he's had loads of injuries. I'm not saying that, like, he's the best buy on that list. He's clearly not. Um, in terms of you know value for money, but the upside is really there. That's the issue, and that's why he's so expensive. Even though like, ah, I might not be able to play him every week. I really might not. Like I, yeah. I know I'm I'm okay with that if that makes sense. Um, of course I'm going to need replacements if that's the case. But I just think yeah, there's a Vinicius Junior type of scorer in there if he's fit, and but that is a huge if. I can't like emphasize that enough. It's a, a really big if. That's uh, quite a comparison. I just think, I mean, Vinny Jr. had one good season at 21, basically, or has had one good season at Real Madrid, season and a half, whatever you want to call it. Fatty's, Fatty was fatty at 16. I don't think people are realising, like, how good this kid is, albeit he's had injuries, but, like, 16. Yeah, it's really... Like, it, it's stupidly really young. young. And, like... And I think I, I'm not one like big on XG and XA and stuff, but somebody might be able to pull this in the chat. But I think his like XG is something stupid. He was up there with Mason Greenwood. Like they both had like stupid XG numbers. Um, he's just like an like it seems like he shoots and he scores. It's just a very he he just has that type of you know inside forward um, situation where he can just score goals. He's not the same player as Vinicius Junior. Don't get me wrong, they're different dribblers. Vinicius Junior is way more explosive they're different players they occupy similar positions but i'm just saying in terms of scores like so rare scores i can see there being a a blueprint in some way you know what i'm saying yeah i think it's as simple as like if he was an everyday starter for barcelona he would be one of the best players on the platform it'd have to be yeah u23 wise at least uh what are your expectations for darwin like right away uh Right away, I I don't see him. I don't see like a Louis Diaz effect. I know they're different ages and whatever. They come from the same league, so that's why I've uh, compared them. Yeah, I don't see a Louis Diaz in there right away. I, I see him scoring goals, but I just think ah, I just don't see him being a, f- a full on starter. I, I really don't. I know they just got rid of Mane. I don't know if I, I yeah, I wouldn't be spending what is he floor price two point nine. I wouldn't be spending three ETH on a Darwin right now. I would go straight for a, a Jota. I know we don't know he's definitely moved, but it's it's just good. Seventy five percent probably moves right, easy seventy five percent. I would say, yeah, I would I would buy a Jota all day long over a Darwin right now, one million percent for so rare purposes, million percent. Um, I just don't think you're going to get that nailed on starter that you're going to need. Maybe you don't need, but that you're going to want every week, and and that's what you need to win game weeks. I believe. Uh, what do you think his situation is going to look like? Yeah, I think Luis Diaz ruined it for everybody. Like, I think mm. he's just, it was just such a total outlier performance for so many reasons. Not one of which um, Jacob Haynes brings up that, like, with the exception of Diaz, Jurgen Klopp tends to bring new guys along slowly. And yeah. so the, I think Darwin probably plays a little more just because they have, you know, now that Mane is gone. Um, Sean, PSU fans, is like convinced that Salah is going to Real Madrid. So he's like, so I think Darwin will have the minutes. My, my thought is, is that if Salah and Mane leave, there's absolutely no way this team scores as many goals as they did. Like, like yeah, no sure. way. 
And so when you cut off 20% of their goals, and now you split it between Darwin, Luis Diaz, uh, Jota, Diogo Jota, assuming that Firmino probably leaves. He doesn't have a ton of goals in him anyway. But like, I just don't see enough to like justify 2.9 ETH. Um, mm-hmm. That just seems a little, like the guys further down the list. Like I would rather Carlson. I would rather uh, Oshiman. Yeah. Um, I mean, the list gets pretty ugly. Unfortunately, it's I think tough. That's yeah. Really good point. Of U23s. Yeah, it's, um, it's really tough. People have mentioned Noah Lang. Lang's another one that, like, it seems like he's gone from Bruges. And um, I think the earlier links were Milan and Leeds. And everyone's like, you don't, he yeah. doesn't, you don't want him to go to Leeds. And Milan's like, okay. The Milan talk makes mm-hmm. me realize we didn't even mention Charles de Quetelaire in the midfield section. And frankly, I... I'm cool not talking about him because I don't think he's that great for uh, for SO5. But I don't know. Lang is in this weird spot. Um, a few people. Um, Nanzo's now looking. <laughs> Nanzo, All right, Nanzo. Nanzo add Rafael Leao to the list. <laughs> Shout out Nellis as well. Let me just. Uh... <laughs> so I think realistically people are not looking to get the guys at the top. Um, I did also add uh, Sekou Koida, whose limiteds I've been DCAing, unfortunately. Um, but um, who was the one? I, Ezekiel Zabayos I wanted to talk about because for a number of reasons, not but like including that he's kind of playing right now um, mm-hmm. with Boca. There was a rumor. Where was the rumor for him that made? Oh, uh, was it Santa Marina or something? Uh, did you see Salter, that one? The Italian Salternita or whatever they are called? Yeah, Santa. yeah. I don't know. I think he's like way too young and hasn't played enough at Boca to really make a move now. So I wouldn't even worry about that. But um, I don't know, like the rest of this list, they're just like so many question marks. And then like all of a sudden we're back to Fleming. Um, (laughs) Oh my God. Like we have Doku here, Jao Felix, Cherky, Joshua Xerxy. I don't know where he's going. Um, Like I think... It's like one of those weird things that I feel like for every other position, specifically in, in under 23s, the difference between like the, the acceptable guys and the elite guys isn't nearly as big as it is with forwards. That like you get yeah. like the top end forwards. And again, this is like not talking about the two most expensive ones in Mbappe and Howard mm-hmm. and taking out uh, Vinicius. Like you're still looking at like at least two and a half ETH, at least. Mm-hmm. Most likely three for guys like Jota, Fati, Darwin, and then you get like Gakpo and Leao in the two-ish range. Um, yeah. That if you're like, no, I don't want to pay that. I mean, you're still paying, like you still have to pay over an ETH for Noah Lang. Jao Felix, who knows? There's some PSG <laughs> talk that like I only amplify because I have one and I would just like to play them like once. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day uh about how i so i've had this jao felix card like this was one of the first cards i bought on the platform january 23rd 2021 is when i bought wow. this card i have four won, days after i started i've won three cards including a limited with this card yeah. like that's how like worthless of a card this has been for me it's tough it's um, tough. if anybody wants to go back to the gary v boom and pay me five ETH for this card it's yours um, but anyway um 
Let's see. Someone just said Maximiano unique went for 6.6 ETH. 1.4 ETH more than the last Donnarumma rare. Oh my God. It's pretty cheap, right? That seems like Surely. a steal. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, are, do any of these guys kind of in the non-elite category jump out at you? Um, They all have question marks, unfortunately. They just do. Like it's so t- like you said the the difference between the top end and like the mid end like the mid range of of forwards under twenty three is just horrible. Like the problem is if you score goals as an under twenty three player in any league, you're gonna go to a better league for the most part because you've just scored goals. Like that's right. the most important thing in in football soccer. So that's what makes this tough. And yeah, higher up the higher up that um, list you know there's more nailed on situations there's still some dodgy ones darwin like you don't know if he's going to start whatever um going down the list like i haven't heard too much about carlson rumors so for me at like 1.80 i'd be i'd be definitely looking at carlson right um sinistera i know we've said yeah he probably moves um so he's probably not worth the gamble at 1.4 xerxy it looks like he's not going to stay at Bayern munich as a sub He's going to get a move, but there's so many different options he could go. It's not even worth the risk, I don't think, um, until you know where he lands. The one you just added now, Moussa Diaby. If you know he's playing for Leverkusen next season, that's a really good shout. A 1.5 ETH. Well, it's funny because I think Sinistera is supposed to be the Diaby replacement. And it's like, okay, Sinistera just, at Leverkusen uh, could be interesting. He could be, yeah. But I just don't... Do I see do I see Diaby move into like Newcastle? I just don't know. I don't know if I can see yeah. it. I don't, I don't know. know if I can see it. It could very well happen. It's like I didn't see Vieira going to Arsenal. So anything's possible in this world. Like there's no good at saying like this can't happen, that won't happen because they very well can. Felix moving. I, I'd love to see Felix move. I, I love Felix. I love Joe Felix. I just don't like his situation. Yeah. Um, could, could he get to a better situation? Yes. Is that PSG? Probably not. Like he, he just needs to be like the main man somewhere. I just don't know where that landing spot is. Jonathan Davids didn't score enough goals towards the end of the season to where like he went off the boil a bit. He was flying yeah. for a period of time. Do, do people, the do, do clubs, are they put off by that? I don't know. Doku, injuries galore. I've, I've recently got rid of mine over the last two months or so. I just don't want to deal with those situations. Mateus Kuna, I, I I think I asked you to add him to the list for that type of price. As someone is like, okay, they just got rid of Luis Suarez. Um, obviously, right now uh, Felix is still there. I think Kuna is going to have a, a good se- a, a good season at Atletico Madrid. I don't know if Quinny's still watching. I know. I was going to say Quinny loves Mateus. Quinny loves him. Well, it's funny because on the other platform that I used to make content on Football Index, um, Kuna was playing for Hertha Berlin, and mm-hmm. he was like a number ten. But he took set pieces. He was the man. Like, he was the guy for Hertha Berlin. I'd love to see. Could you bring up his stats? Uh, are they still available? I don't know if we go all the way back. Let's. Ah, uh... because uh, he was he was exceptional for a period of time. Yeah, I don't know if Were these they... are probably still. Oh, no. That, yeah, they are. are. They are. Yeah. So look at that little, like, from game week 45 to, like, yeah. 122. Like those dark green eighties, like he was, he was exceptional for. It. And I'm not saying the, the right side of the graph isn't. I mean, it's it's not great. There's loads of sub, substitute appearances. Yeah, but you know, at three, at, was it zero point three eight? Like, I'd fancy my chances. I really would. Yeah, that's an interesting. That's an interesting one. Yeah, Quinny was trying to convince me to do a Kuna, Jao Felix stack, and I'm like, I. <laughs> <laughs> the Atletico Madrid forward stack is not one I'm looking to, uh, to talk Jorgen about. Larson as well at the bottom of that list. 
really cheap, scored a lot of goals last year for Groningen. Um, the guy you've just added, Lois Appender, scored a load of goals, obviously, for Vitesse. Um, I've, I'm, one of my friends out here that went to the, the college that I went to um, is a big club Bruges fan. And he seems to think that um, Appender's going to kind of fight for his place there. Oh, wow. That's what <clears throat> I've heard, yeah. Um, I know they just signed that number nine from Barcelona, I think, didn't they? They yeah. signed... Yeah, so he's signed. So, it, like, let's be honest, he probably starts. But this is like this is fitting CDK in. This is fitting no. Like, they can't all stay. No. You'd like to think CDK and Lang probably leaves, and I think Openda and this number nine from Barcelona probably. Um, and they've got that lot. Uh, is it Olsen? Sven Olsen? I think he's a winger, maybe or a cam. He scores really well. Um, so yeah, they they could have a, a really good attacking under twenty three lineup next season. But like, you, it's just a lot of risk with these forwards. I'll be honest. There's nothing like, like. Like, you know, like we looked at Vermin, it's like, we just know what's going to happen. I don't know. Like with the forwards, it's not really, I mean, there is a few, but you're paying crazy amounts of ETH for like a, a Vinny Jr. Like you have to pay good money for these yeah. guys who were just nailed. I think Timothy Weyer is like a 0.37 ETH. Like he was good towards the end of the season. Like I don't love him, but for that type of price, if we're taking gambles, like I, I, I know, okay, 280s. The rest aren't great. Like, he, he, what's that from like game week two, two, four to two, I mean, six, eight? It's not a decisive, but even the 49 and 52 without a decisive is pretty good. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, Nando we says, not add Anthony to the list. Yeah. Anthony's, Anthony needs to be on there, unfortunately. Oh, fortunately. Um, I mean, I've, Maduak, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I have no interest in Anthony at, at yeah. Manchester United. Okay, I've got a good one that's not on the list. I, th I thought of one. Ver Veroni. Oh, yeah. He, again, so much uncertainty. We don't know where he's going to land. I know he's on loan from Juve, I believe. Um, if he gets a nice landing spot, that guy scores goals. He scored a lot of goals in that Austrian Bundesliga last year. Um, and I don't think he's that expensive um, compared to the rest <laughs> of the poor. What is he? Yeah, 0.37. He's down there with, he's down there with the Kunhers and... Yeah, for that price, he probably has to be the the best bet in terms of hoping that he gets a a, a good move. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a yeah. The price on Broby is really funny to me. Like, I get it, <laughs> but to be like more. I mean, I guess because the expectation Jesus. is that like IX thing is done, but to be like more than Gakpo, Leao, Anthony, Ocean, and Coit, like that's. The guy crushes, obviously, and if like you're leading the line or in the front line with Ajax, like you're going to be you're going to score great, goals. But yeah, that's a that's a big one. Um, mm. Who was the one I was just about to talk about? Oh, uh, Muleka. Mm -hmm. So was like awesome in Turkey last year, and there was talk that he was going to go to Besiktas, and I saw today that he could go to Burnley. And wow. now that like brings us back full circle here of it's a big do you bidding. want an attacker, you know, a goal scorer from for Burnley? But it's like maybe it's okay because it's maybe it not is. Sean Dyche's Burnley. Yeah, I don't know enough about this kid to be honest. I know, I know, like you said, I know he scored goals over the last season or so. I know Perez had a super at some point, I think, so that kind of brought me on his radar. But yeah, I'll be honest, I've never seen him play in real life, so I, I really can't give a good. Um, estimate in terms of what he's like what he's about i imagine he's pretty physical if he's going to Burnley in the championship and and company fancies him i don't know that though um but yeah it, it, he scored goals in in turkey there's no reason why he couldn't really score goals in the championship for Burnley. to be completely yeah. honest 
Yeah, no, I agree. Um, there are a few other guys here. Tati is obviously that's that price is fully transfer dependent. Like nobody knows where he's going. It makes like way too much sense for him to end up at River Plate, and that talk seems to have been um, extinguished. So I don't know where he's going. And somebody in chat mentioned uh, Abada a few times. Yeah, I don't really know this kid, but that doesn't uh, doesn't mean anything. Um, but it seems like if you play regularly in a front line with Celtic, then you're perfectly fine to play in under 23s to me. <laughs> Simple as yeah, that. Yeah, funny, funny story you said that, actually. Um, Simply Alex and Quinny were on my live stream yesterday, and Quinny, uh, sorry, Alex asked Quinny literally the question, do you think Abad is going to start every game next season for Celtic? And Quinny's answer um, was something along the lines of, like, Maid is going to be in before Abada. Um yeah. But on the odd game where like they have an easy Saturday fixture and they have Champions League on the Tuesday, then like a Bard will play that Saturday game and, and you know, Maid will play the um the Tuesday game. But what Quinny basically also said was he'll probably play a part in every game, as in whether that's off the bench sure. or coming or, or starting. So yeah, you've got a guy that's probably at least getting you a twenty-five off the bench and hopefully decisive capable, um, or if not, yeah, starting games. So I just added three more thanks to the chat. Vlahovic, Mukoko, and Skamaka. And John Andrews is now asking if there are any U23 strikers that are now not on the list. Um, <laughs> we haven't added the NYCFC guys. I'll just say that. Um, shout out sure. to Talis Magna. But yeah, I think it's kind of weird that like we've talked like a few times that like just U23 forwards, it's like one of the hardest positions to fill. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a guy that I didn't add also. Let me just add one more. Um, because he should be on the list is Marco Gruel. Um, but who knows what happens with him? I'll admit that I was also trying to buy one earlier today. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I think just like one of the nice things I like about um, this new watch list is just being able to do this of like being able to take basically the player rankings and take just the people you want. And now it's like, oh, well, if why is Broby 2.8 and Gakpo's 2.2? And it just makes it much easier to um, to search that out. So I've made this list public for everybody who has been watching. If you wanted to just follow it along, you just go to the My Watch List page and it should be there. Uh, the link is also in the description. We've gone like basically two podcasts worth. Um, and so... I think we've we've hit everything that we should hit at least. So um, thank you to everybody who has joined us in the chat. This has been uh, really helpful. Obviously, I think the list is twice as long as it was when we started, which um, is always, you know, that's kind of the expectation when we do these live chats is that um, everybody watching is able to contribute. So thank you to that. Again, if you are looking for this list on Sora Data, um, the link is in the description uh, of this video. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, uh, to the audio version, just go to YouTube and find the link there. It's also just available in the public watch list and you can search uh, Sora Data Strategy Show and it will show up. Uh, if you haven't hit the like button below, we would greatly appreciate it if you did. Um, and um, if you are listening to the audio version, if you could rate and review. Harry, thank you very much for filling in for Sean. I think um, it was a much more civil conversation. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, I'll be back next week, uh, early in the week with, um, with Andy for Sora Andrews. We're going to do a Liga MX preview because that league is starting up soon. And this is a lot of league. It's a league that 
uh, a lot of people are not familiar with, but does have some very interesting players um, for the summer months. So come back for that. And then Sean and I will be back next Friday for the show. Harry, thank you again. And good luck this game week. Appreciate it. Yeah, same, same to you. Thank you for having me on. Do really appreciate it.